The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, everybody. Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. Brendan Glasheen back in the host chair. Great to have you folks with us. Joined by our usual Tuesday crew, Sean Zarillo and Anthony DeBundo. You can find Sean Zarillo's opening pitch right up over at actionnetwork.com. He's got a full breakdown for Tuesday slate, May 9th, 15 gamer. And DeBundo has Dinger Tuesday picks. DeBundo, quickly, article coming as well later today on this? Yep, should be up sometime in the afternoon. Beautiful. So both of these guys are... Active on the app, active on actionnetwork.com for today's slate. But as you know, and why you're listening, is you want to get picks and insight here um, on Payoff Pitch. Uh, we're here every Monday, Tuesday, Friday during the season. Please rate, review, subscribe. Last week, we mentioned to you people that we hit 100 episodes of Payoff Pitch. It's our second season uh, doing this podcast this year, it's really taken off, so we appreciate those of you that have tuned in and have been loyal to the show. We're celebrating with a giveaway. If you leave a five-star rating and review and tell us why you like the show and who your favorite analyst is, host, producer, also works too. David, behind the scenes, does a great job, gets us up every every show. Uh, do that, and then later this month, we'll pick a few winners, and you get to choose either an item from the Action Network merch site or get a one-year pro subscription of the award-winning Action Network app. Okay, onto the slate. 15 gamer, Zerillo, uh, a lot to unpack here. How'd you come away with a best bet for this slate? Well, I placed nine bets last night and only three of them are still in range, which is an encouraging sign in terms of our CLV, but it did make it more difficult to pick a best bet. Anthony and I will talk about underdogs in a little bit, but in terms of my favorite bet for this slate, it is gonna come in a game where we're looking at an underdog. That is the Mets and the Reds. I like the first five over five here, all the way up to minus 130. There's still some minus 115s out there. I bet a minus 110 last night. Rarely, and I mean rarely, do you see a pitcher disclose that they're pitching with discomfort 
and still allowed to go out and pitch. I think this is actually really bizarre. I can't remember the last time a pitcher was so candid about the fact that they were pitching injured. And they're like, all right, keep doing your thing. He's 39 years old. Um, but if you go back to 2019, game five of the World Series, this is when the injuries really started popping up for Scherzer. Tried to get through that World Series run through a lot of extra mileage. Same thing happened with Strasburg, Patrick Corbin. We've seen significant declines from them since that World Series run. Just a lot of innings, and they were pitching all of them every three days. Woke up with the dead arm before game five of the World Series. Got a cortisone shot. And that's the kind of thing that is going to give you temporary relief but eventually down the line lead to bigger issues. So the following season, he got a respite because they only had 12 starts. Pandemic shortened season kind of saved his arm. But by the end of the 21, 2021 season, when he got traded to the Dodgers, he couldn't make his starts of the World Series because he was dealing with back stiffness. Then the Mets signed him. He was injured throughout much of the year last year, reduced effectiveness, strikeout rate, velocity continuing to dip. And now this year, without having the benefit of that added rest, he is falling apart. And I don't think he would be in the rotation if Verlander wasn't injured, if Jose Quintana wasn't injured to start the year. So this is trending extremely poorly for Max Scherzer. The velocity is down. The command is awful. His expected ERA is north of five. I don't trust Luke Weaver whatsoever. His expected ERA also around six. But the first five over, a pretty easy bet for me here. First five over five, again, up to minus 130. Projected this closer to five and a half. I'm very low on both starting pitchers, and I don't know if he blows up today again, if the Mets can keep letting Scherzer go out there because it's very obvious he's hurt, and he said he's hurt. Is this playable at five and a half? I know you mentioned that you had it modeled at five and a half, but BetMGM's got it at five and a half already. I like it to about plus 105. Again, I made it 5.6, I believe, is where my total is. So mm-hmm. I want you know something greater than even money, but plus 105 is probably where I cut off. All right, Max Scherzer has not been great. Faced his two former teams. He had the Tigers last time as well. Um, not great. Any concern maybe about the the pace? Because I know he was complaining about that. I know he struck out like three guys in thirty seconds during spring training. But yeah, we've we've had a a really big problem with these pitchers getting hurt. Uh, Alec Manoa, who I'm not even going to talk about or wasn't planning to talk about, but he is in my article for today. His velocity down, strikeouts down, walks up. There's a bunch of guys who haven't even hit the IL yet who are really concerning me with the way that they're trending. So even the guys who aren't hurt yet on the IL yet may get there eventually. It's it's bad. Um, and MLB may have to walk back some of this stuff if this keeps up. I, I think I've talked about the fact that in the minor leagues, it's not necessarily that we saw an increase in pitcher injuries, but at the major league level where these guys are so accustomed to their routines. I don't know. Maybe it's taking a different effect, but it's, it's getting scary. And uh, by the end of the year, we're going to run out of major league caliber pitching. So these, these games are going to turn into slugfest. All right. Wasn't expecting uh, a bigger picture take. Yeah. Doom and gloom. I'm I'm really like, I'm getting worried. The Luis, Luis Garcia injury. It's, it's every day. These guys are going on the IL. So Mason Miller um, it's, it's, it's shitty. It's a shitty situation for these pitchers. All right, Debundo, anything to add to that before we move on to your best bet? Yeah, uh, there wasn't an increase in minor league pitching injuries, but the minors are just different. I mean, it's not as high stress. It's not that people don't throw as hard. Uh, so there's a couple reasons to think that, you know, people don't also throw as much. You know, you see a lot more guys that are like limited to 50 pitches in the minors and they rotate through more pitchers and it's kind of just like a free for all. So I think it's just kind of a different environment than the majors. And of course, like, you know, Scherzer generally in the past throws pretty hard and, and 
compare that to like minor league or stuff and it's just not as good. So uh, I am also worried. Uh, we've seen this with Houston. Philadelphia is dealing with its, its, its pitching problems as well. Teams who went deep into the playoffs are seeing the quick turnaround really, you know, take its toll. Remember last year was the shortened spring training. And then we didn't really see a ton of increase in injuries from that necessarily, but the season went as long as it's ever gone because of the expanded playoffs. And thus you're seeing Houston with, you know, Arquiti and, and Garcia lose guys, Philly. We're going to talk about Aaron Nola in a minute. Not the same uh, with his velocity early on uh, Ranger Suarez getting hurt. So there's a lot of issues for some of these teams that have gone deep in the playoffs as well, trying to, you know, go again. Last thought on this, Cirillo, because now you got my mind spinning because it is kind of gloomy, but you're, this is what you do. You're honest and it, it factors into your handicapping. Does this factor into any futures that you may have or futures that you may want to mm. dabble on? Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about Mets to miss the playoffs today with the way the pitching is trending. Uh, Verlander likely to get hurt again at some point. They just don't have the pitching depth to like give me hope that they're going to be a very confident playoff caliber team. You know, the the safety that they had in making the wild card last year because they built up that lead before they collapsed down the stretch was built in. They don't have the benefit of that safety this year, especially with teams like the Diamondbacks playing well. You know, three teams playing well in the NL West, the Brewers playing well, Pirates playing well in the NL Central. But I, I'm starting to think that one of the Mets or Phillies is going to get left out of the playoffs. And I think the Phillies are trending healthier than the Mets are. So, yeah, I'm I'm starting to dabble with some thoughts of Mets to miss the playoffs or Phillies to make the playoffs, something something like that. Parlaying those two together, maybe where you can. I don't know if a book will let you make a correlated parlay like that, but mm-hmm. that's where my, my mind would be heading is Mets in or Mets out, Phillies in. Okay. All right. Very good. I uh, I actually bet the Mets missed the playoffs and the Yankees missed the playoffs last week. Yeah. Uh, the Mets were three to one. The Yankees were two to one. Okay. Uh, I, I think that there's risk downside risk on both teams. The Yankees dealing with uh, some bullpen issues. Don't really have a set closer. Mets similar problem with their bullpen depth. I think it's a little bit lackluster. Like David Robertson's been good, but he is much older, has had a lot of injury issues in the past and hit a bit of a wall last year. Uh, after getting traded to Philly, like I think there's a, a risk that by you know the, the summer months there's problems there, and I don't know if the Mets are going to make big bullpen moves to try to up sure themselves up. Like what what's the big move the Mets make at the deadline here? Uh, it's for starting pitching, but think about all the teams that are going to be looking in that market for starting pitching. I mean, everybody needs it right now. Okay, crucial trip. They've, they're going on a seven game trip: Cincinnati and Washington, three and then four, and maybe these are get right spots. If you want a positive take on the Mets, you want to because I think a Tampa after that. So good luck there, Debundo. Uh, let's move it along here. Your best bet. Yeah, it's going to be the Minnesota Twins minus one twelve against the San Diego Padres. I feel like I've talked about Michael Waka repeatedly over and over again, and written about him, and he's I think he's had a lot of Tuesday starts. So this is kind of how it's worked in the rotation. But uh, same problems for Waka that I've you know, felt about him coming into the season and still feel about him with the fastball just not being very good uh, and and a significantly worse pitcher at this point in his career than Louis Varland. Now, Varland has a 542x ERA. If you look at that under face value, you would say, oh, that's uh, not very good. Why are we betting on Louis Varland? But I think there's a lot of noise in the numbers. Uh, he's given up four barrels and 30 batted balls, which is not good. But he's only pitched 10 innings this year. And in those 10 innings, he has elite numbers, 29.8% strikeout rate, 6.4% walk rate, 
That's the 14th best amongst pitchers with at least 10 innings pitched amongst starters. And uh, Joe Ryan, teammate, who I just bet for the Cy Young last week, is right above him at 13th. So that just shows you the peripherals from Varland. Uh, the Stuff Plus loves Louie. I know earlier this year when he came up, uh, given what we saw from him last year, we were like, oh boy, we ended up getting stuck on a Louis Varland bet when they were playing the Yankees, Sean. But he pitched well in that game too. Six innings, gave up three hits, a couple of homers, but nothing else. Uh, and so I like Varland. I like that he has four above average pitches by Stuff Plus. Uh, I think he's the much better starter here. Twins at home. Uh, give me them minus 112. Right. Four home runs in his uh, two appearances, one in April. And that's super noisy to me. I really don't, you know, he played the Yankees, gave up well, a couple. They're there. Players. I'm just saying, like, don't, don't yeah. jump on, don't jump at me. I'm just telling. No, it's not you. It's, it's okay. just that, you know, you look at, you can look at the, the XERA and the hard hit rates and the stuff. And it's like, not great. I mean, his uh, expected slugging is in the 15th percentile, according to baseball savant, but like strikeout minus walk is more predictive in small samples. And he's been elite, elite whiff rates, elite uh, generating uh, swings and misses and, and chases out of the zone. So I like him. All right, moving on. Fade the public. Let's find out what we're looking at today. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? 79% of the bets, 90% of the cash coming in on the San Francisco Giants over, ah, yes, the Washington Nationals because Patrick Corbin is pitching for the Nationals. Um, Corbin Zarillo was going on like that weird decent run and you started wondering oh maybe has patrick corbin like turned a corner and figured his crap out but and he kind of dipped back down and got back down to earth but uh are you are you willing to back corbin against the giants with all the money coming in on san francisco thankfully i don't have to so i don't have to decide whether i'm willing to do it because that is a completely different question from whether i would see value on the nationals i made this line plus 205 so it's not in range yet would probably need something closer to plus 230 in order to bet it. I would actually be closer to betting the Giants' first five line. But again, I'm going to lay off of that. Corbin has been much better in his past four starts. It mostly comes down to him limiting walks. If he's going to walk everybody and also get hit hard, he's abominable. But if he can limit the walks and then get hit hard with nobody on base, he could be slightly more effective and closer to a number five starter. So not going to totally clown on Corbin. His expected marks closer to four in his past four starts. He went on a run last year where he was pretty decent too. That said, I still like the over in this game. I projected this total closer to nine. So the over eight and a half, I like to about minus 105, but not much further than that projected this total right around nine. So uh, Logan Webb, very good pitcher. And even though the wind is blowing out in San Francisco, he has a ground ball right around 60%. So not the type of weather that is going to hurt a pitcher like Webb. National is going to need to string together some hits like they did yesterday. But they've actually, they've actually are weird. They seem to have these in explode for runs and then they get nothing the rest of the game they did it in the diamondbacks in that ninth inning where they came back and scored seven runs to take the lead and then ended up losing in the bottom of the ninth. i believe anthony bj and i were all on that game and it will be one of our dumber losses of the season because had no hope whatsoever they gave us all hope with the lead in the ninth inning and then blew it anyway but yeah the the nationals i don't think are terrible um they rank close to like 24th 25th offensively so even though you perceive them as one of the worst teams, they're actually, you know, five spots above where you'd expect them to be in offense. There's actually another team um, I want to talk about when we get to favorite underdog. I want to have you guys guess what the Rays bullpen, where the Rays rank for strikeout rate and expected FIP in their bullpen. So have a second to think about that before you guess where they rank in the league, because I think it's going to interest everybody. But Giants, Nats over eight and a half 
uh, is where I would go in terms of, of that matchup. Okay. Which, and the first five totals at four and a half, which now has me thinking back to your Mets pick from earlier, the first five over. You're typically not, if I remember correctly, you're typically not a first five over guy. I, I for whatever reason, um, and I gained CLV on constantly. I handicapped first five money lines really well, get tons of CLV on first five money lines. I suck at betting first five totals. I don't know if it's just like, I've, I'm on like an extended three-year streak of like poor runners and scoring position luck, but we beat these constantly by half a run and I right. lose them. So I just don't like betting them, frankly. Uh, but with a guy awesome. like Webb um, and, and Corbin too, Corbin a lot of times is fine for like four innings. And then the second, third time through the order, he gets hammered. So a lot of the runs against Corbin come in that fifth, sixth inning territory. And sometimes it's the sixth, not the fifth. And Logan Webb is a really good pitcher. So I'm less inclined to bet the first five over here. Even if I see an edge, both first five and full game, I'd rather get the Nats bullpen involved. The Nats bullpen is the bottom three bullpen in baseball. Giants bullpen closer to league average. So more runs probably later after the sixth inning in this game. Okay, Debundo, how about yourself? Are we fading the public today? Or are the Giants, with all that juice, uh, worth the play? Yeah, no bet for me here. Uh, does anybody want to guess who has the lowest strikeout rate in Major League Baseball? Antonio Sensatella. No, I meant uh, as a team hitting. Oh, as a team hitting. Uh, what was the Guardians last year? Lowest strikeout rate? Yes. The Nationals? It is. The Washington Nationals mm-hmm. have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball, which is kind of interesting and uh, could be one area of concern in, in the series in general. You saw the Nats uh, string together a bunch of hits last night, a bunch of singles against Desclafani. Getting Babip to death really was what happened. But the Giants' defense is not very good. They're a below-average defensive team. Uh, and especially that was a major issue for them last year. And the Nationals are putting a ton of balls in play. So that is one potential concern for Webb uh, if you know the Nats are putting a ton of balls in play. The Nats have no power whatsoever in their lineup, though. Like the Guardians of last year, they were dead last in strikeout rate. They had the best strikeout rate in the league. But also, they also have the lowest ISO in the league uh, at 102, which is uh, laughably bad. All right. Well, good for the Nats. They're making things problematic. So, but no play. If you're going to be bad, which they are, it's more fun to be bad that way. Like we're going to small ball it. We're going to hit a bunch of singles, try to string together some rallies, steal some bases. Like I'd rather watch that kind of bad than like the team that strikes out 25% of the time and hits the occasional homer. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential. 
confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Okay, let's move on to our favorite underdogs. Again, it's a 15-gamer, so a ton of games to choose from. Uh, where's my dog? Uh-huh, where's my dog? What jumps out to us, Zerillo, for a game that we want to take the dog? Yeah, we wanted to do another consensus underdog here last night. Anthony and I were negotiating who would get to pick the Reds. Well, he gets to take them because they are out of range for me. But I still like the Reds today, as I mentioned. Uh, but my favorite underdog of today, the Baltimore Orioles, plus 115. I like this down to about plus 110. And now it is time for my co-host to guess where the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen ranks in strikeout rate and expected fit this season to two marks that I think are pretty indicative of bullpen success. So where do you think those, those rays rank considering they're third with a 3.0 ERA? Now you would only ask this if they were bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with 25th. Brennan 30th. Yeah. They're 28th in both categories wow. and their strikeout rate. 30th is, is last, which I should have just said last, but. I don't, I need to dive deeper into this to see if the Rays just have a collection of relievers that they are generating, intending to generate weak contact with, because it's not even, you know, I'm an expected ERA guy and you, you can't really see like expected ERA and break it down by a bullpen. You could, you could break it down in terms of a team, but the Rays rank in terms of strikeout rate this season in their bullpen ninth and you would expect it to be much higher but their batting average against this 208 their batting average on paul's in play is about plus two is about 250 um so they're just essentially completely denying any sort of hard contact but their strikeouts are not high their walks are actually very high compared to where you'd expect them to be and this is a bullpen who by and large i'm projecting is the best bullpen in baseball on a daily basis so the fact that they're expected indicators thus far put them with the bottom five bullpens in the league I think is just a very interesting point to talk about. I don't know if it is necessarily predictive or an indicative of what they are, but 
in terms of where I have this matchup, I have it right around to pick them. The Orioles are a good team. They've been largely unlucky over the past three days. Uh, we bet them all three days against the Orioles and the Braves. But they've shown that they can be a good team and be competitive. And back to Anthony's point about the Yankees potentially missing the playoffs, AL East is loaded, like really loaded. The Orioles are good. The Rays, we know how good they are. The Jays are probably just as good as they were last year. And as I said, coming into the year, the Red Sox were going to improve, and they clearly have. So where does that leave a team like the Yankees when four teams around them in the division are all getting better? Definitely, potentially on the outside looking in at the end of the season, I don't think the sky is falling as much in the Bronx as it should be in Queens, given all the pitching injuries for the Mets, even though the Yankees are dealing with pitching injuries too. But yeah, the Orioles plus 115, I think are a fine bet here. I make them a pick and price in this game. So even though Grayson Rodriguez has struggled a little bit, Zach Eflin's been good. I don't know if that Rays bullpen is quite as effective as they've been so far this year. Yeah, like you said, they have the third best ERA, bullpen ERA in the uh in baseball. And but Baltimore is 40 Babip. Yeah, as as relievers, uh their batting average on balls in play. Let me let me get you the right number. So they have allowed a 242 batting average on balls in play, which is obviously the lowest in baseball, but it is 17 points below the next closest team, which is the Tigers. I should also mention because it's in my article today, offensively, the Rays have been so the difference between the Rays and the, the Braves in mm-hmm. terms of actual Woba is greater than the difference between the Braves who are second and the Pirates who are 14th in weighted on base average. And the, the Rays have overachieved as much as any offense has this season. They've overachieved by 21 points between their Woba and expected Woba. So yes, their bullpen is running really hot, preventing batting average on balls of play. Their offense is overperforming compared to how hard they're hitting the ball. I mean, they weren't going to pay it a 120, 130 win pace forever, right? 28 and seven is kind of unsustainable. Their run differential says that 28 and seven is completely legitimate. They they've earned what they've done so far, but there's no way they could continue to be this good over the rest of the year. So yeah, I, I find myself betting on, against the Rays more regularly of late and I'd expect them to get cold at some point. The Rays are uh, top seven in strand rate in the bullpen too. That's impossible with a strikeout rate that low. It, it, they must adventure. be, I mean, they must have some sort of weak contact thing. I, I'm actually misquoted their strikeout rate before. So they are, they're 20, yeah, they're 20th in strikeout rate. Um, but I, I said a higher number before. So their strikeout minus walk rate, again, like another, another metric I think is a leading indicator. They're also 28th in there. So their, their walks are not particularly low compared to their strikeouts. Their, their metrics are bad. They're down there with the nationals. Uh, the Brewers have actually performed pretty poorly in the bullpen. So, yeah, it's it's strange to see a team doing this well with metrics that bad. All right, we can are talk they the about Bruins? too. Are they the Bruins? They, they are first in Stuff Plus among starters, 111. They are in the bottom eight in Stuff Plus amongst relievers below average. So I just don't think the stuff is that good. It's interesting. And we know we know uh, Stuff Plus doesn't capture cutters like particularly accurately, right? Isn't, isn't that true? Um, yeah, cutters, Babbitt, yeah. So there's, again, like there's a potential that they're doing something here in the bullpen that is generating weak contact consistently. And I don't have an expected ERA mark to compare their strikeouts, walks, et cetera, to, but they're really low. Like fewer than seven strikeouts per nine innings for your bullpen is bad and not something you see in this day and age. So I don't know what's going on in Tampa, but definitely some devil magic. Zerillo had said that there was a meeting of the minds for a potential consensus underdog, but 
uh, Zerillo decided to back off and give the Reds to DeBundo. Numbers coming down to Bundo. It's plus 155 now. Reds money line against the Mets over at BetMGM. So do you have a, a price where you cut yourself off if you want to take Cincinnati? I I, th- I think we don't know what the floor is on Max Scherzer. I think it's a real concern in terms of trying to project him. I mean, Zerillo talked about it. Zer- uh, Scherzer's been a feel guy. And he's talked about how important feel is to him. And, uh, and he's, you know, more of an artist in a way when he pitches, but like if he's not healthy, there's no limit to how bad this could be for the Reds. Uh, you can find as high as plus 170, 75 out there if you shop around. Uh, and I would advise that because I like the Reds at that number, plus 155, probably a little low. So I would pass on them there. But uh, certainly don't love Weaver, but given the uh, the hitting environment and the problems Scherzer is going to have, the velocity being down, him openly discussing injury, it's uh, real, all red flags. Can I mention, too, his his best starts of the season came before he was suspended for using sticky stuff as well? But he wasn't uh, using sticky stuff, he said. I mean, regardless of the fact, he can't use it now. So if you want to say he was using sticky stuff during his third and fourth start of the season when he actually pitched well, it lends even more credence to the, we don't know how low this floor is because yeah, yeah, I mean, he could give up 10 runs in the first inning. He could, I mean, listen, still Max Scherzer, Bulldog. If he goes out and strikes out 10 still guys tonight, too. are we going to be shocked? Like it's still Max Scherzer, right? Um, this guy pitched 117 pitches and struck out 10 Phillies a day after breaking his nose two years ago. He's crazy. But yeah, I mean, this is, uh, Anthony, like, do, do you ever remember a pitcher being like, oh, I'm hurt, but I'm still going to pitch. This is weird. Usually it's the opposite. Pitchers usually whine and then get out Cut of Cut them down for two months. Yeah. Or they're hiding an injury. You know, they, they don't say anything, and they're clearly injured and pitching through it, which is what he's been doing. But now he says he's hurt. So take it for what you will. He's a maniac, but we love him for it. But then you don't love him for it if he doesn't give your team a great chance to win. Swing okay. the strike rate, 13%. That is the lowest he's had since 2014 in Detroit. Yeah, and his you know his fastball velocities dip below average now. Like it's it's all trending in the wrong direction. But again, all very likely injury related. And if he had two months off to recover, maybe he gets back to full peak. But he's not taking the time right now. Okay, moving on. We have we still got to get to Dinger Tuesday. So let's get the final bets that you guys have. Zarello's got one more, and then Debundo's got a couple. We'll get Debundo's Dinger Tuesday picks as well. Go ahead, guys. And I have a one more for the road. Well, you know, I've already talked about the Giants and Nats over. That is my final bet showing value. So I just want to talk about the Mets playoff odds real quick. Fangraphs has them making the playoffs 60% of the time, implying that their odds to miss the playoffs should be about plus 155. There's a couple books out there that have the Mets to miss the playoffs at plus 210 which would make it an actual bet. However, Pakoda has the Mets making the playoffs still around 85% of the time. So they would recommend passing on that bet. I need to see where I project them out the rest of the way before I fire. But I would say based on that Fangrass projection, there's a decent chance there's value on the Mets to miss the playoffs at around plus 210. Didn't Pakoda have the the Mets better than the Braves? Yeah, that's been the case for the past couple of seasons. Um, you know, where the the AL East, the NL East, one projection had the the Rays better bowl or the the Jays better than the Yankees bowl seasons. One projection had the Braves better than the Mets. The other had the Mets better than the Braves bowl seasons. So yeah, it, it depends which site you prefer. Um, and then honestly, for me, like sometimes my projections with one of the teams aligns more closely with one than the other. So all depends on what data we're pulling in. But would want to run my own numbers before I actually bet that. 
I mean, Zerillo, it's all opening up, right? If the Phillies, this helps to bundo too. It doesn't help the Phillies under, which I do like to bring up from time to time. Yeah. But uh, the Phillies. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for saying that. I hope you're right. It is. Um, <laughs> Phillies make a run. And then here come the Arizona Diamondbacks. They'll take up another wild card spot. See you later, Mets. So then the Diamondbacks make the playoffs. It's all shaping up. And I, you know, I, I still think like the Cubs are not terrible. Um, They're going to win the Central. Well, I'm just, I'm, what I'm getting at is where the wild card. So if the Mets aren't going to get in, mm, who are the teams that it? will get in? Yeah, it would have to be three NL West and two NL Central. But we we said pretty confidently, or at least I did confidently coming into the year, I thought the Central divisions in either league were more likely to get one team each. I think the NL Central, as the Mets continue to fall off, are increasing their chances. So, All right, Tabundo. Thanks for reassuring me about the the Phillies total. Now you can give us your final bets and your Dinger Tuesday pick. Yeah, uh, speaking of the Phillies, uh, one of the reasons I'm down on the Phillies, generally speaking, has been the starting pitching. Uh, I think the bullpen will be fine. The lineup's going to hit. But uh, the starting pitching is really a concern with Bailey Falter not looking very good. Ranger Suarez will be back this week. But Aaron Nola, look, I'm the biggest Aaron Nola fan at the company, biggest Aaron Nola fan you may find out there. I've bet on him routinely over the last few years. And as he's, you know, grown as a pitcher, improved his peripherals and whatnot. But when he's sitting 91, I can't bet Aaron Nola. In fact, I'm going to bet against him because I think he's being priced uh, like a pitcher. He's just not right now. And I don't know that he won't find it because Nola has had this in the past. I went back and looked at past seasons. And he has had times when he's dipped a little bit early in the season in velocity. And then as the weather's warmed up, he's warmed up. Uh, and so I'm not all the way out on Nola long-term. But in terms of right now, he just had a career number of innings, went all the way to the World Series, uh, and his arm is just not right. Sitting 91, 90, stuff plus way down, of course, correlated to velocity, fastball below average. He got away with it against the Dodgers last start, gave up four runs, uh, but there was a lot of hard-hit balls in that game that made me a little bit concerned for him. Now he gets a Blue Jays lineup that is one of the three best lineups in the league against fastballs. With his diminished fastball, I think it's going to be very hard for him especially in that ballpark. Uh, so I like the over. It's up to nine now. It opened eight. Uh, so that just shows you how much the market's clearly moving here. There's not really a big wind notice, noticeable wind here at the bank tonight. So uh, Alec Manoa is another guy that uh, I am also really high on. Uh, you know, coming into the season, somebody I've liked for years, but uh, the, the numbers are trending in the very wrong direction with him. Strikeouts, we talked about it. Uh, your Sean talked about it with the velocity being down, the strikeouts are down, the walks being up. Everything you want to see is bad with Manoa right now. So I think these lineups are going to feast tonight in Philly. I like the over. The other matchup, the win, now the roof is open in Arizona. That is always a little scary. Brandon Fogg got rocked in his debut uh, against Texas on the road. They hit a bunch of homers on him. This Miami lineup doesn't have nearly as much slug. Uh, and I like the matchup for both pitchers here at under nine, even money. You can find that at MGM. I think it's just a little bit too high. Should be eight and a half. Uh, with that one uh, fought, I'm still not concerned about him with the Homer issue that he had uh, his fastball played well. He generated a good number of whips. He just got rocked a couple times. So I like the under there. Lazardo has been really good for Miami as well. And then Dinger Tuesday, Brent Beatty uh, plus 520. That's the first pick I'll, I'll give out here. Uh, also like Joey Gallo plus 330. And then the rest will come in the column. Might even find, try to find some long shots. All right. Zerillo, anything to add for Dinger Tuesday? I know sometimes you like to chime in here. 
No, I don't have a dinger pick for today. Uh, maybe you'll see me fire something in the app, but nothing, nothing off the top of the the head right now. But uh, you know, I'll I'll say target those games where we like the overs. Uh, Phillies, Reds, Mets. Uh, yeah, you know, any game where we like runs, that's the games you want to bet for Dinger Tuesday. Spencer Steer, four home runs for the Reds. That's I like Spencer Steer as a long shot and a rookie of the year guy. Spencer Steer is a, a solid hitter. So yeah, uh, I, I like uh, I like that. That's off the top of the dome, Brendan. We'll go Spencer Steer. Don't forget to follow Sean Zarillo and Anthony DeBundo in the free award-winning Action Network app. Please leave us that five-star rating and review for a chance to win a free year of Action Pro or some Action Network swag. Check out the merch store. For Zarillo and DeBundo, I'm Brendan Glasheen. Thanks for tuning in. We started gloomy, ended happy. Uh, good luck to you, Max Scherzer. We're going to be watching you. Uh, we'll see you back here on Friday morning. Thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast presented by BetMG. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.